0: I'm Holly and I'm Bridget and this is Girls Next Level. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everyone. Yes, we're back to our old uh, positioning.
1: I know. If you're seeing the video to this, I'm so annoyed because I was trying to set up a studio in my house and I ordered this furniture long ago. And then, of course, in true retrograde fashion, the furniture company reached out to me and they're like, we need to reschedule. And I'm like, never home to begin with. Yeah. So then that puts it off like... I don't know, three more weeks. So now I just have this like empty room with nothing in it. And we are shuttled back to my living room. We've got all kinds of weird shadows on the wall behind us, but we're going to make it work. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's okay. Oh, and by the way, I can come and and greet the furniture people too, if you ever want me to.
1: Oh, thanks. That's really nice. Yeah. I think, I think I'm good. I think okay. I got it scheduled on a day. So we will see how it goes. All right. So birthdays.
0: This this episode is all about birthdays. You're right. And you're planning a big birthday for yourself, right? Yeah. Did you decide where you're going? I did finally. I'm going. Well, f- for the longest time, it was going to be Italy. Like uh-huh. I was like, for sure, it was going to be Italy. And Italy is so crowded right now. I swear, I feel like if I went there, I would run into five people I know everybody's in Italy. It's like the
1: influencer hub right now is to go to like Positano.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of turning me off a little bit. And yeah. then everything was like super expensive, like way more expensive than it should be kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I'm I'm not trying to like be a penny pincher on this trip or anything, but this was like ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. And then um, we started looking into other spots and we decided on Greece. Oh, that'll
1: be amazing. And I am
0: so excited because Italy I've been to before. We were going to go to some new spots that mm-hmm. I hadn't been to before, like Sicily, because Nick's grandmother is from Sicily. Um, and we thought that would be really cool to kind of add that in there. But I am super excited about Greece. Neither one of us have been there before. Oh, that's so cool. We're going to Mykonos. The food is going to be
1: so good. I just know it.
0: I'm dying about the food. (laughs) I'm dying. I've already started my Mediterranean diet. I'm already Mm -hmm. on like olives and and mozzarella, fresh mozzarella and tomatoes and avocado. I'm like, that's my dinner tonight. A little olive oil. No, but we're going to Mykonos for like five days and Santorini for two. And Nick has a friend who lives in Mykonos. So that'll be cool because I feel like he'll help show us around Mm -hmm. and um, tell us where we need to go and... I am super excited and I'm also really excited because one of our rooms has the cave pool.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And
0: you, I, if you don't know, there's these like um, rooms. Well, both of our rooms in both uh, places has our own private pool on our balcony and everything. But um, and one of them, the one in Mykonos, we have a, a, the room with like the private pool and it overlooks like the GNC. Mm-hmm. Like it's right there on the waterfront. So that's incredible. And then when we go to Santorini, they have um, cave rooms and cave pools there. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a a room that's kind of like... a very cave like inside it's all white and bright like it's not dark or anything but it's got very curved ceilings and it's all like kind of in the cave sort yeah. of but it also has a pool inside the room that goes through a cave and comes out onto the bel- balcony out there that's so fun yeah with like a that. view of the sea and everything um you're not down on the water because in uh, santorini there's you're on the big ledge like overlooking. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited. I can't stand That's it. So
1: amazing. That's going to be so fun. How was the rest of your summer? I feel like we haven't checked in
0: with anybody since like 4th of July. It's been busy. We've, we've been traveling a lot. We did, um, Colorado. We did New York. We did Pennsylvania. We, uh, went to Vegas. We, mm. I went home to Lodi and now we're going to Greece. So it's just been a lot of traveling, which I love. Has the retrograde hit you hard at all? There's been things I. I hate it. And it's like,
1: I don't want to throw a pity party for myself because a lot of the reason I'm feeling overwhelmed is because I have all these really great opportunities that I've been wanting to do. But it's just getting to the point where I'm like, if one more thing goes wrong or if one more thing gets thrown on my plate, I'm going to fall down on the floor and die. You know, it's just like overwhelm mode. Oh no. Like I was kind of writing a list on like, what have I even done since 4th of July? And it's like a lot of good stuff, but then it's like all this shit going wrong too. And my energy is in the gutter today because for some reason like TMI I got my period the other day and I've been super emotional which I'm not usually and just like wanting to ball over everything like somebody was trying to like demolish Marilyn Monroe's home yeah and I was like super upset about it but the good news is it looks like they're saving it and the city council woman got involved and but, is trying to get a historic designation
0: but they're only saving it because of public outcry like they were gonna let that shit happen like people had is... to be outraged you know what yeah. I mean and, and call attention to it before some was like, oh, wait, let me step in and do something. But I
1: wonder if they didn't really know because it's not like people have that address memorized off the top of their head. And maybe like when people file for a permit for demolition, people just aren't really looking into it. Like I imagine city council people are probably like, OK, what day do they want to do this on? Is the street going to be clear? More like yeah. shit like that. Like maybe they weren't even aware. But what I do love is the people on the city council who voted for it. They voted unanimously oh, to good. revoke the demolition good. permit, which I love. And I'm just so disgusted that people even wanted to do that. Like somebody plopped down nine million dollars because they had to have that specific lot to build their house on. It's like you can't fucking build your house somewhere else,
0: right? You know, I was really bummed. Um, Jane Mansfield's house, the same thing happened, and it had yeah. like you guys, it had a heart shaped pool. It was. It pink. had everything it was, was really pink. Cool. It was like the pink palace, I think they called it, right? Yeah, and
1: you could kind of see it from the street from Sunset Boulevard. It was over by the mansion, and we used to see it. Yeah. Before they started tearing it down.
0: Oh, well, when I saw like a demolition cruise there one day, I went, I stopped and I went over there and I said, what are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. Like, how could you do this? Like, I totally was yelling at this guy and I don't know who he was. I don't know if he was part of the demolition or if he was the actual owner or what. And he did not want to hear it from me, but I totally went off on him about tearing it down. I was like, I can't believe like the disrespect the disrespect to like all of our, hi- the, we don't have a lot of history, yeah. so we need to preserve what we have. And they
1: probably wanted to build some ugly ass Mendocino Farms looking house. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I They're
0: know. They're exactly. everywhere
1: in LA right now. A Mendocino Farms. That's exactly what they look like. <laughs> oh my
0: God. That's so funny. That is like an epidemic right now. Like they go through different spells here in LA, like what mm-hmm. the architecture looks like. It was like that Mediterranean like Tuscan Tuscany. Yeah, yeah. Look. And then and now it's definitely very much that um, that look that you're talking about yeah. the Mendocino Farms. There's no look. better word for it. I think it's like a Nantuckety look, isn't it? Like, yeah, very traditional, but it looks
1: very new at the same time. Like, it, has right. A,
0: that's why I would be a horrible real estate
1: agent is you could show me a 10 million dollar modern mansion that like anybody else would die for and I'm like gross me too like I only like historic properties that's it
0: <laughs> yeah no I know what you mean I mean I like there no I I like some new houses mm-hmm. but definitely with the modern I'm like mm I can't with that
1: yeah it's not my thing It was a fun summer, though. Like, the kids were in surf camp in Malibu. I was spending a lot of time in Santa Barbara. Rainbow went to the Eras Tour. We made friendship bracelets together.
0: That's so cute. It was so
1: cute. Ashley and I had Club 33 make us a Disney afternoon cake.
0: What does that mean?
1: Well, she likes to order custom cakes from there. And Disney Afternoon was this thing in like the early 90s where they would show like DuckTales and Tailspin and Chippendale Rescue Rangers and those cartoons and gummy bears. And we're obsessed with those. So we had a cake made with like they had Uncle Scrooge on top, like diving into money.
0: Wait, where would they show those?
1: At Disneyland? No, on TV. Oh, it was just like, oh like oh, on like oh yes, ABC okay, or something ok, ok ok. Like oh yeah. sorry.
0: I was thinking that they had, like, a screening of these in the afternoons at Disneyland somewhere, no, <laughs> but you
1: know what they did back in the day is they had this thing, I forget what it was called, but they brought like, Disney afternoon to Disneyland and like, the fantasyland area, and they had like meet and greets set up for those characters and stuff. And they had a generic motorboat ride back then over kind of by the submarines, but on the Fantasyland side. And they turned it into motorboat cruise to Gummy Glen. And my sister and I used to ride that as kids, but we kind of, we loved it, but we kind of made fun of it because it was janky. Like, they literally had, like, plywood cutouts of the Gummy Bear characters, and, like, that was the attraction. So, also, this summer I started filming Playboy Murder Season 2, so we're in the midst of that. That's That's going really good. Exciting. And we also went to Vegas and did our photo shoot for all the you know, season two cover art that's out now. That was so much fun. (laughs) It was fun. And then we went to go eat at this restaurant called Barry's Downtown. And the reason I wanted to take you there is it's the restaurant by the chef that did nine at the Palms, which was where we always went to eat back in the girls next door days. Yeah, I totally remember Barry. Yeah, because they have... A lot of the same menu items. I was thinking, though, the one thing they don't have that they used to have at nine was like, remember the shoestring fries? Yes. The really skinny fries. Yeah. I feel like those were a staple. Yeah. But they have like the garbage salad, which is my favorite salad and stuff like that.
0: Delicious.
1: So that's a lot of the fun stuff about this summer. But also there's just all this pain in the ass stuff. Like we had a hurricane in LA.
0: I know. Which, <gasps> and a, and a, a earthquake on the same day. Yeah, that was so weird. Luckily,
1: the hurricane wasn't like a devastating hurricane like there wasn't as far as I know a ton of
0: damage or like lives lost or anything well I think it technically was downgraded to a tropical storm when it mm-hmm. hit here but still it was like the most rain LA's ever had since like 1939 and I don't know if we even beat that record yeah I think I was stuck in Vegas for an
1: extra day because of it because like the drive back and forth there were like areas that were it would out. have been like
0: wait yeah way too dangerous because the desert really got it bad because they also got all the rain like L A at least I mean we get some rain mm-hmm. but the deserts they got like three years worth of rain in one day yeah and the ground is like so dusty it can't soak it up so mm-hmm. you're just there's flash stuck. floods everywhere and there was roads taken out in the desert uh-huh. not so much here in L A but I swear it started raining and when it started raining it was pouring like i've Mm -hmm. never seen it pour here before and it did not stop for like 18 hours yeah it's crazy straight straight it was kind of fun because i knew it was coming so i made sure Mm -hmm. i didn't have like major plans i was just like home and like had my slider open because it was also very warm out which was kind of nice but then we're like eight hours into it and all of a sudden boom an earthquake hits and it was a pretty good one it wasn't like one where there was tons of damage or anything but like you definitely felt that jolt yeah it's crazy it was one of the rocking side to side ones there's different ones you guys there's like rolling ones there's like shaky ones but this one was like a back and forth motion no (laughs) i wasn't
1: here for it but i remember hearing about it and being like what the actual fuck is going on right now?" yeah The earth is cleansing.
0: (laughs) It's trying to shake us off. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then I needed like a mold remediation at my house.
0: That's right. So like
1: two rooms on the side of my house are like completely dug out. And it's just like it's it's a lot going on. Is that still going on? Um, well, they had to replace a bunch of pipes because that was what was causing the mold in the first place was a leaky pipe. So it's not done yet, but we're in the home stretch.
0: Oh, good. So
1: next step is remodeling my bathrooms because I wanted to do that anyway. And this is just like now I have to do it because it's all tore up in there. Yeah. There's like seven planets in retrograde. I Venus know. Venus just got out of retrograde. There are even like a ton of celebrity breakups like the Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner and just all these people.
0: Yeah, those are shocking ones, too. Like, I don't even follow all the celebrity, uh-huh. like, gossip or weddings or anything, but I I have been seeing those, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Those are kind of sh- shocking to me, anyway. Like, yeah, I'm- it just
1: seems like out of nowhere.
0: Mm-hmm. I went and saw this house. By the way, I'm in a transition right now, like I'm trying to find a house. And so we've been house shopping a little bit. And I went to this house, not far from here, from your house. Well, the crazy thing is you were
1: telling me about this and I know exactly the house you're talking about. And I saw a for sale sign before you told me about this. And I was feeling bummed because I see this house when I have to like drive over the hill if I'm like going to Burbank or something. And it's this house with a huge picture window Mm -hmm. in the living room And they always have, for years, had this stuffed tiger in the window. And for holidays, they'd like dress him up and put like a New Year's hat on him and give him a noisemaker for New Year's and stuff like that. And for Halloween, they put a fucking scary ass giant, I sent you a picture of it, jack in the box, demon thing in there. So when I saw it was for sale, I was super bummed because I'm like, oh, the fun people who put the cute stuff in the window aren't going to be there
0: anymore. I'm so sad. Yeah. Well, I went and looked at that house you guys, I feel like it was built for me. Like, it's so cute. It's, like, French Normandy style, which I really like that, Mm. that look. It has just, like, a lot of cool features in it. It has, like, a a murder mystery in the house, like, attached to the house, like, part of its history. A real one. A real one. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, the stairs have a slide that, this is, it was built in 1927, and this side, this slide is original. So, I'm, like, whoever built this house, like, it's fun. It's very fun looking, yeah. And the Person that lives there now, like you said, they have the stuffed animal in the window, Mm -hmm. they do decorations. That picture window, like I have visions of me like decorating that for every holiday. Yeah,
1: I can see the tree now. (laughs)
0: Yes, and I just I'm in love with the house. It needs a lot of work though. And I don't know if Nick and I are the people that can do that, but Nick thinks it might get demolished. That'll be so sad. And then a
1: mendocino farms house will go up in its place.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I really wish that I could just I wish I was a DIYer. Like, yeah. I wish I knew more of that kind of stuff, like, architectural-wise. Obviously, I can do crafts, but this mm-hmm. is beyond my crafting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's always scary getting into stuff like that because you don't know how extensive it is until you really get in there and how much it's going to be and how long it's going to take.
0: Yeah. And you know what else? The person that lives there now is definitely an animal lover, and there's a balcony on the house that the bedrooms can all go out into that balcony, and they have it all fenced off as a catio. That and- is... So cute. I love that. Like I've always wanted a catio for our cat. So I'm just <laughs> so like, funny. this person is speaking to me. Yeah. Like it's like Bridget, buy this house. <laughs> what a
1: fun house.
0: I know. I love it. I know. I, love I wish it. you
1: would buy it, but that's me being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really close to my house too. So that I would know. be extra cool. So we are going to get back in after, after a long catch up session, we're going to get back into this episode. Here's looking at you have half's birthday party and there's a lot of food shaming in this episode, oh. yeah. which food shaming is kind of an interesting thing that I have never really thought too much about, but just making people feel like shit for what they eat. Or- right.
0: Or focusing on it and making weird noises for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I felt a lot of pressure after watching this episode, and I even feel it rewatching it, mm-hmm. that... That I should be ashamed for eating cake. That I should be ashamed for you know trying to look good for this event, or that I'm not. It's I felt both. I felt like I should be ashamed for just eating. Like, like they make it look like I'm eating carrots, you mm-hmm. know, like ashamed for doing that. But I'm also ashamed for eating cake. So yeah, I, it's like you, you can't, can't win. win. And I. I just feel like it had an unnecessary pressure and I didn't feel it at the time. Like Mm -hmm. I was just doing my own thing and I wasn't doing anything special other than just trying to be a little bit healthier. But um, I feel like it really tried to shame me and guilt me for it. Yeah, I don't like that. It's, I'm glad we have more of a critical eye and can look at shows and pieces of media and kind of spot that stuff. Well, I knew it after it aired mm-hmm. that I didn't, cause I don't know in the time that it's being shot like that. And I, didn't like the message it was sending me because I or sending to everybody because I feel like I have a healthy relationship with food and exercising and moderation mm-hmm. and I don't like that it was sending that message. I eat. I like to yeah. eat and I don't. I I don't restrict myself. I modify, but I don't restrict myself. And I don't think it's fair to send that message, especially when it's untrue.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So that's interesting. And another thing we talk about in this episode is we talk about Hef's hearing because he had some hearing loss. And the reason he had hearing loss in one ear is because he had like a mastoid infection in his ear when he was a child. So he's had that almost his whole entire life. But the reason I'm bringing it up is it was kind of back in the news Recently, there was this rumor that Heth had hearing loss due to Viagra use, because I guess that's like a side effect or can be a side effect. Really? Of using not just Viagra, but any drug of that type. Oh. I don't know how common it is, but... That rumor first got started years ago after the Shannon twins left. But the Shannon twins were only there like a year after we were. So I remember at the time, not really believing it. Not that I didn't believe them, but I felt like maybe they jumped to some conclusions. Uh. Like maybe they'd heard, oh, Viagra causes hearing loss. Oh, that must be why Hef couldn't hear very well because they weren't there very long. And Hef never really sought out any of his girlfriends to have deep conversations with. So maybe they just didn't know the backstory. right. But a lot of other people did like I remember Hef talking about the reason he had hearing loss at least a couple times at the dinner table and it's been written about in profiles I'd read of him that were written while I was there. And I don't know maybe his hearing got worse after we left but it's just something I wanted to point out that that was not the case in our time just because I feel like we talk about it in this episode we talk about his hearing loss or how he kind of exaggerated it sometimes or we felt like he did. And I just know it's something people will bring up.
0: Maybe he exaggerated it more with the twins. He really didn't. And they're like, damn, he
1: must be taking too much by yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I just, I just wanted to bring that up and point that out because I feel like it's something people are probably going to chime in on, like on social media. Well, you know why he really lost his hearing. And I'm like, no, that wasn't why. At least when we were there, that was not the source of the hearing loss.
0: Well, there's got to be statistics out there on how common that is. Like, is it 1% or? Yeah, like- I
1: tried to look that up before we recorded and i couldn't find anything like off the top of google quite how common it was but it's not like you hear about it happening
0: no but i might be able to find out because nick's aunt is a pharmacist and she might be able to have access to that information tell Oh, tell yeah, i'm curious i'll ask her
1: okay so let's get into this episode so we are back to season two episode one Did we even say what it was called in the first episode?
0: Oh, Here's Looking at You, Hef.
1: I don't think we did. Yeah, we didn't. It's called Here's Looking at You, Hef, because it's about, like, Casablanca night and stuff. But also, I've seen it listed online as Happy Birthday, Hef.
0: I've seen it listed as that, too.
1: And you know what else about this episode is it originally aired as a one-hour special, but on the DVD, it's divided into two.
0: Oh. so maybe that's
1: what it was. Maybe when it was on TV, it was "Happy Birthday, Hef," and then when they divided into two, it's here's looking at you, Hef, and then eighty is the new forty is the second episode.
0: Oh, is that what it's called? I mm-hmm. haven't watched that one yet, so yeah, I was thinking maybe the second one is is "Happy Birthday, Hef." You know what's interesting that you say that is because um, when I was doing my notes, I always title them because mm-hmm. I have to do everything like that, you know, and um, I. I go. I remember thinking, oh, I didn't even pay attention to what this one's called. And I was like, oh, I think it's called Happy Birthday, Hef. Yeah. And then when I went back and like was watching commentary, I was like, oh, wait, no. It's called Here's Looking at You, Hef. And so I went in and changed it. But so I did get confused by that.
1: Yeah, there's reason for the confusion.
0: So should we just get right into it? Yeah,
1: we are in your bedroom. We're getting yeah. ready for Casablanca night. Yeah,
0: and it's Stacy and she's petting Gizmo.
1: And Stacy looks so chic in her beret and retro pants.
0: Yeah, I think she's supposed to be like, the, she's trying to be like the newsboy kind of thing.
1: Oh, that's cute. I was thinking kind of like Marlena Dietrich casual. We'll have but to I think ask right, her, but I boy. think she yeah. said
0: newsboy. It's really cute. And I can't decide what to wear. I have a couple different outfits I'm choosing from. In an interview, I say Casablanca night is a very formal night. We watch the movie, and after, there's a caviar and candlelight and a big Casablanca cake for Hef. This
1: um, is the scene where Dickie Ban saw a screenshot of it and thought it was some pirated photo. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so there's a scene where I'm in this black dress. It's a Wheels and Doll Baby dress. And I'm putting on this big, chunky, like, rhinestone diamond necklace thing. And I ask uh, Stacey is this too much but somebody screen grabbed that shot of me putting that on and like looking in the mirror and for some reason dickie bam thought that it was like a really beautiful shot that somebody had taken of me and that i should have that in my collection and and sent it over to me and i was like this is just a screen grab of the TV show. But he
1: also didn't realize it was a screen grab. He thought it was like one of Heff's personal photos yeah. that Elaine took and that it had been pirated from the mansion.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said that it came from some website where they pirate all the pictures. And, and then he
1: said all these bundles of Heff's personal photos were being sold on eBay,
0: which is so creepy. Right
1: so creepy.
0: Yeah. So um but this yeah, this photo is just a screen grab of that and then I asked Stacy, is this too much? Cuz I'm always funny about jewelry. Like I almost never wear any jewelry and when I put on like something loud like that, yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, I feel like That is a statement
1: necklace." Totally.
0: And um Stacy says it's kind of Ivanka Trumpish. But I think she means Ivana. 100% she did. Cuz Ivanka doesn't really dress like that. <laughs> 100% she meant Ivana. <laughs> And then I just put it away, because <laughs> I knew what she meant. Yeah, like I I knew what like, she very meant. Very gaudy, was like,
1: over the top, old school. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then the next scene is outside your guys' windows and cuts to the vanity. And you're telling Hef, at 6 o'clock, I want to give you your present. And this
1: is very crucial because Hef is so particular about the times and when everything happens. The movie has to start at exactly the right time. So if I'm going to take him to see these peacocks in the backyard, it has to be while it's still light out or he won't be able to see them. And it has to be before the movie starts, but it has to be after he's down there and camera ready. So I'm a little bit nervous about getting him out there at the right time because that's not always the easiest thing to do.
0: Well, and it's Casablanca night and his birthday. So there's a lot of stuff that he needs to do, like as far as greeting guests mm-hmm. and as far as taking photos in those white jackets with everybody. And there's just a lot of things that happen that night. So to fit this in, I'm actually surprised he he wasn't like grumpy about it.
1: Yeah. You know what you can see is my $250,000 Playboy makeup set on the vanity. That's amazing. If you guys haven't heard in a previous episode, I was accused of taking $250,000 of Playboy makeup when it was just like this makeup display that was cute, but not f- $250,000 I feel like
0: $250,000 worth of makeup would be stocking a whole Sephora store. It would be like a truckload it's crazy. It is so... If they gave
1: me $250,000 of makeup, then somebody stole it on the way to me.
0: Um. So you say, because the night is Casablanca themed, I wanted to wear something that kind of looked old Hollywood and was really glamorous. I wore a dress that was worthy of a 1940s movie star because that's what I wanted to look like. And they do the tooth tooth ding. The ding. Yeah, I like when they do that. And that dress is so gorgeous. Do you still have mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I do. I feel like I need to borrow that for something. <laughs>
1: I love the scene of, like, Duke playing with my bra in the background. I think it's so cute. And they do the Scooby-Doo noises. Yeah, I love the Scooby-Doo noises. <laughs> so cute. You can also see my E6000 glue and rhinestones on my vanity, because I was probably working on my peacock costume last minute.
0: It's a staple. Yeah. It's a staple 100%. in all our, in both of our rooms. <laughs> So then the next scene is outside of Kendra's bedroom windows. Kendra is naked, wearing... It's a second stripping scene in this episode. And she's trying to put on the dress. This isn't the night of the party. They're trying to make it look like it is, but it's not the night of the party. It's back to that day before when she was just trying stuff on for camera. She said that uh, the week before Casablanca night, she was really sick and lo and gained. Well, I, c- I thought she said she lost some weight, but then she can't get the dress on, and she says it's too tight on her now.
1: Oh, I think she meant she was sick and lost weight when she was fitted for the dress.
0: Oh, yeah. So I was like, how does losing weight make it tighter? Okay, 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 got mm-hmm. it. So um, she's wearing a burrachi dress.
1: I think I was kind of over Barachi at this point. Like, not over them. Like, I still love their dresses and thought they were pretty, but I just had got so many from them at this point that I'd kind of stopped going there.
0: Well, they all look very similar. So once you have, like, the few staple styles, it's kind of more just about switching up the color after that point. Mm -hmm. So um, they all start to kind of look alike, and sometimes you want to get something different. But I was surprised that she bought a Barachi dress because it requires some thought going into it which she didn't she prides herself on not doing yeah. prior to the events and the parties and stuff but also they're very expensive and well, i felt like she wasn't really into like spending money on her outfits like that
1: yeah and i wonder if she bought that for something else because we weren't given extra money for
0: Casablanca night. No. That's why the whole thing kind of surprises me. Yeah. So it's kind of random. Um, I mean, maybe she bought some of this stuff for upcoming... Do we already know we're going to Europe? Probably. So maybe she's buying yeah. this stuff for... Those things.
1: Stocking up.
0: And then in commentary, you say, if I start to change in front of the cameras, the camera crew goes running out. Well,
1: yeah, they would be like, oh, do you need a minute? Because if it was in the vanity, like usually they were trying to get all the nudity they could get. But being in Hef's room, as producer Jen told us a few episodes ago, was a little more Pressure, like, because yeah. obviously half knew we were like naked for certain things. But if he would have walked into the vanity side of the room and I'm undressing in front of the cameras, I think he would have reacted poorly.
0: Yeah, especially, yeah, because a male, yeah, filming it and mm-hmm. it just like you and him and a producer in there, I think it would have been weird. Yeah. So then the next scene is back outside the master windows again, and it's you at the vanity, or you're actually in the bathroom area.
1: I kind of hate this scene. It's so awkward, and I hate my voice in it because it's that kind of high-pitched voice like, that I use talking to Hef, and I felt like I kind of had to use that voice because I felt like it was the only voice he would respond favorably to.
0: Mm.
1: Or the only voice he could hear sometimes. And he did have a hearing impairment in one of his ears from, like, an infection he had as a kid. But I always felt, and I'm curious if you felt this way, too, that he would play up the hearing loss on purpose to, like, get his way for certain things. Like, I noticed for so many things, like, if I had something I wanted to ask him that I was nervous about, like, I didn't know what his reaction was going to be, all of a sudden... That's when he had the hearing problem. All of a sudden, out of the blue, he couldn't hear me. What? Huh? What was that again? So then I'm so nervous and I already asked it once and I'm like, oh shit, I have to say it again. And I'm like more meek this time. Like, um, I was wondering if I could go to the... What? It's always coincidentally, you know, too good to be true. Anytime you had something to say that he didn't want to hear, all of a sudden he couldn't hear you. So then you're stuck repeating it and you get less confident each time. And it's just a nightmare.
0: Right. And then uh, you say it in interview, when Hef gets dressed up formal, you are always there to help him with his bow tie and stuff like that. And that you enjoy any alone time with Hef, even if it's before a big party.
1: I feel like that's just kind of something I said because they wanted me to... Because it seems dumb, like it's like two minutes of alone. And it's not like we didn't have plenty of alone time.
0: Well, I feel like they're having you say that in here because... It seems like an awkward scene. Like, you're just standing there It is really
1: awkward. And
0: he just sort of walks up, and it's sort of just you two alone in the bathroom. It's
1: like two robots interacting.
0: Yeah, but in a very intimate setting without it being very intimate. So it makes it feel awkward to the people watching. It's
1: very soulless.
0: And it's a weird, it's a weird scene. So I feel like they needed you to say something in there. Yeah, because they weren't
1: often like in the bathroom when Hef was getting ready. Obviously, he got all the privacy he wanted, but they wanted to get like that preparing for, you know, the Casablanca night. And I think it was just awkward for both of us and probably awkward for the camera
0: people. Yeah. Well, they show everybody getting ready. So I think, you know, they were trying to get you and or Hef getting ready too a little bit. But you say to Hef, after you greet all the guests, I'm going to take you in the backyard and show you your birthday present. And then it shows you like walking away from behind, Mm -hmm. which I felt was very deliberate too. Really? How so? I don't know. I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but or even what it. I'm not trying to even say what I think it means because I don't know what it means. But I felt like it was a very deliberate scene for some reason. It could just be to show off how beautiful you look in the dress and you know walking down the hall.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously. But I do love how my back looked in that dress. Yeah. I was like, I need to get my back back in shape.
0: Or there might be deeper meaning to it. I don't know. But I definitely feel like it was in there for a reason.
1: Interesting. And then
0: Hef looks directly into the camera, breaking that fourth wall, and says, 80 years, and so far, so good. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Think hard. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. There's
1: nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code GNL at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code GNL, to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast.
0: Next scene is Kendra's room, and I'm sorry but the scene is boring. This this scene is very overacted and played out. Well,
1: the first this is, first of all, this is the third undressing scene we're getting in this episode, and The first two, even though, like, the first one kind of makes me uncomfortable because it's very nude, Mm -hmm. I can see why they like it. Like, it's sexy. It's fun. It's a different outfit. And then the second one, when she first tries on the dress, like, she's kind of being goofy. Another sexy scene. But this third one is overkill. Like, I just feel like it goes on too long. It's boring. And it's another example of them just struggling to give Kendra all her minutes when she's not really, when she's kind of, again, lost in this episode, which is fine. We all have the episodes that were not going to contribute as much to, but they won't let her have a few
0: minutes less. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then it comes to people arriving to the mansion, bartenders pouring drinks. I come down the stairs, you come down the stairs. And then I say for Casablanca night, we kind of turned it into a whole shebang with dressing up. And in commentary, you talk about how the year before we got the Casablanca impersonators. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about that on you you should talk about it. So like I said, it's so hard to get have anything for his birthday. We say that every time or for any holiday. The year before, I had thought to get him Casablanca impersonators for the actual like Casablanca night. So when the movie was over, there was Sam on the piano mm-hmm. and a Humphrey Bogart look alike leaning on the piano and stuff. So it was really fun. It was right after the movie, right? Yeah, like they were already like in position. So mm-hmm. as the lights came up, they like started their whole thing. It was super fun. and I think everybody enjoyed it, and it was a surprise for Hef. Like he had no idea. It was cool. Which is always like hard. Or at least I think he had no idea. Somebody might have told him, but I don't yeah. think I don't think so. <laughs> and um you're getting nervous because like Hef's not down yet. And you guys had this deal that you're gonna take him out there at six o'clock and you know all the things that he has to do when yeah, he comes it's the down time the stairs. Crunch. Like watching. You're like, it's ten after six. And to most people that might not seem like a big deal, but it's a big deal. Yeah. Like that for movie sure. starts at seven PM period. Like Nothing is going to, mm-hmm. like, if if she doesn't get him out there to see these peacocks before that, it's not happening. Yeah, Not, not on this totally. night anyway. Then we we finally get him out the door. Yeah, well, you say, well, where, where did Kendra go? And I say, oh, did you want us to go? Because I thought that maybe you wanted to go and do this as, like, a private moment with her, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, no,
1: not at all. I thought it would be more fun if everybody went. And I think it's interesting to note that because if the show had their way, they would have had me not wanting it. The other girls to go
0: well i feel like maybe that's why i kind of got that feeling like oh well this is holly's scene and the thing that she wants to do with hef in private because i i can tell by my tone of voice like oh do you want do you want us to go out there like i was not planning Mm -hmm. to go out there with you guys at all so i thought that was kind of interesting to note
1: i feel like it wouldn't have been as fun if it were just me and hef and i feel like i think also like this wasn't calculated behind it but i'm thinking about it now like I feel like having other people around to be like, oh, cool, kind of like helps Hef appreciate the gift a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because he likes seeing things through new eyes. Yeah.
0: So he finally comes down. um, We take pictures. And then you're like, okay, 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 let's go. (laughs) Like You can tell you're like rushing the pictures. You're like, Mm -hmm. all right, enough of that. And take Hef outside for the big present reveal. And and we're having a hard time. Yeah. And in the interview, you say, I decided to give Hef the peacocks in Casablanca night because Hef is really sentimental and romantic. And we tromped out into the muddy backyard in all our formal wear.
1: Yeah. And we have heels on. And I got very good at walking over grass in heels. You just put all your weight on your toes and walk like you're walking tiptoe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily easy. But that peacock quarantine was way back
0: there. Like, you had to go over all these, like, rocks and ponds and... Well, because we couldn't get to it the normal way because the tent was up. Yeah, we
1: were And cock-walked. it had been
0: raining. Like, we talked about how cold it was. It had also rained, so everything was, like, muddy and wet. Mm-hmm. And here we are in this formal wear. And I, and I asked half on the way out, what could it be? Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> and Kendra's complaining. She's like, I can't walk in this shit. We're trying to detour around.
1: Nature hike.
0: Yeah. In an interview I say we had to do a long trek all the way out to see the peacocks and it was further than Kendra and I thought it was and she was in that tight corset dress. (laughs) Because she couldn't even move her legs to like go over the rocks and stuff. And then you're trying to pry
1: the door open and the door won't open. Because they were out in this like janky wooden shed and I'm trying to pull the door open and it's like stuck.
0: Yeah. But I'm
1: getting down and dirty. You're like, I don't care.
0: I'm going to rip this dress. I'm going to, like, get this (laughs) door open. So we finally
1: get in there. We are barn living. Mm -hmm. And we see the peacocks, and Hef really likes them. And we're trying to come up with name ideas. I'm like, like Rick and Ilsa. I was hoping they'd reproduce. I wish they would have, because I feel like that would have been a fun, like, continuity full circle thing if you would have seen me give Hef the peacocks in season two. And maybe by the time season four rolls around, there's, like, a casual shot of like
0: baby white ones yeah a
1: white peacock with the white little babies like that would have been cool
0: um hef says harlow and bogart you which say- i was like no uh, We, i mean we already have a dog in the house named harlow yeah.
1: and he'd been naming dogs that which i didn't know when i named my dog this but he had dogs named bogey and harlow back in the 70s and i'm like no
0: yeah and other people had along. dogs named bogart that had been at the mansion yeah and then you say well i was thinking rick and elsa because if you don't know if you've never watched Casablanca, blanca that is the name of the two main characters the love mm-hmm. interests and then kendra says casa and blanca and i really like that idea yeah so
1: we went with that in commentary i tell a story about buying my first investment yes, property. That's and I, I'm not quite sure what brings it up. Okay. First of all, like I'd gone to school for real estate investment. I'm putting a down payment on my first investment property already done it by the time this episode's filming, but you still have never heard a peep on the show that I was ever in real estate school or doing that.
0: Yeah. But in commentary, you say you went to Oregon with Sarah to look at rental mm-hmm. properties. And I was like, wait, she went to Oregon, have let her go to Oregon. Oh, it was just for the day. I flew in butt-ass early
1: in the morning. I sort of,
0: like, after I was thinking this and being shocked, I sort of remembered this a little bit. We had
1: properties to look at. I decided that day. And one of the properties we looked at was butted up against a cemetery it was so cool that's
0: what you were saying in the commentary that wasn't the one i bought but (laughs) you were like this is bridget's this is bridget's future house
1: (laughs) yeah and then in commentary and i don't remember this part but i guess sarah and i were going into a room and there was somebody sleeping in one of the beds yeah so we like ran out of there
0: that is so yikes (laughs) yikes then it's outside of the mansion at nighttime and there's shots of the guests, Hef, Keith, Ray. Holly says, all of Hess friends come to Casablanca night, but they look different because they're all dressed up.
1: And I spy Amber Campisi. Oh, did you? Yeah, we have to have her on the show. She's so fun.
0: Yeah, I just talked to her recently and I, I mentioned it to her too. Yeah,
1: I feel like we'd have so many fun stories with her because she was one of the, like, the extra fun playmates.
0: Mm-hmm. She was wild. We had some wild yeah. times with Amber. <laughs> But one thing I do want to, I know we've already talked about it, but the thing was, too, that all of Hef's, like, inner circle friends came in white jackets because that's what Rick wears in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they all kind of do that, and, and they're all part of that little club.
1: Casablanca is such a great movie. If you're going to pick a movie to watch once a year, that's the perfect movie because it's one of those movies that you notice new things about it every time. Did you ever notice that?
0: Um,
1: Like, every year I watched it, I saw a deeper layer.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just watched it to watch it. I wasn't, like, looking for <laughs> for, for all of it. We're all going in to sit into the movie, and Kendra is having trouble sitting down <laughs> in her dress. The way they cut this is so silly. I know. It makes I don't it look, hate it. It's just silly. It makes it look like everybody's watching, like, oh, my God, can she do it? And you know what's funny is the dress doesn't look tight from... Like, just looking at her. Like, I don't look at that and go, holy shit, she is, like, squeezed into that dress. It looks like it fits her totally normal.
1: But we know how the Barachi dresses feel. Because they're made with, like, this stiff
0: taffeta. 100% I don't question that it's tight and she can't move in it. But I'm just saying, like, the general person wouldn't look at her and go, oh, how's she going to sit in this dress? It looks too tight. But she's, like, trying to sit and she can't. And it makes it look like everybody's staring at her. And, like, oh, my God, is she going to be able to do this or not? (laughs)
1: But I guarantee you nobody was.
0: Nobody was. (laughs) And then she, like, um, plops down. But they're making... Or she's actually not plopping. She's, like, trying to slither down. And it makes creaking and popping noises. then when she finally sits down all the way, it makes everybody look like they're clapping for her and so so happy, but I guarantee nobody was paying attention to that. they make it look like
1: everybody was so eager for the movie and they're just waiting for this one person to sit down.
0: Yeah, and all that clapping and stuff is something they do after the movie is over or after Hef reads notes or something like that. And I think
1: they put in like extra sound effects too, like the whole like roaring audience noise. Oh, probably.
0: I thought you were going to say, and I think they might have put in extra sound effects like the creaking and the popping, I'm like, no, those were yeah. definitely <laughs> those are <were> definitely sound effects. <laughs>
1: You know what I read in a book recently that I thought was eerie? What? I read this book that a girl who was a guest at the Playboy Mansion after we left wrote. She, like, self-published this book. And because I was always kind of curious about, like, what went on after. Yeah. And she said that Hef stopped doing the movie notes not long after we left because he, like, couldn't get through them anymore. Really? Yeah. And I thought that was so eerie. I don't know why it's so eerie to me because, like, obviously people age. And obviously he was really old even when I was with him. But anytime I hear about like him aging really hard or like see a picture of him a couple years after we left it's so eerie to me for some reason
0: well because it just seems like that that was such a staple of what he did and what made movie nights and stuff so like he wouldn't
1: stop reading those notes unless he was really having some difficulty because he loved doing it
0: right but what would the difficulty be in like reading like vision problems or because
1: brain just like skipping over stuff or just not mm. being able to get it out
0: yeah so hef sits up on the shoulder of the couch and goes in to read the movie notes this is something he did every friday night and he even says in here that you know he's been doing casablanca night for 14 years so nobody needs to hear all of the regular notes what
1: we were 10 when he first started doing casablanca night weird <laughs> <laughs> You know who I notice in this scene is Roberta. Remember Roberta? I do
0: remember So Roberta.
1: Roberta was like a soap star who would come up to the mansion for like buffets and stuff. And she had the funniest laugh. Like you guys, if oh, I... Oh, you
0: used to do it. I can still
1: do it. But you guys, if I do the laugh, you won't believe me. You'll be like, bitch, you're exaggerating. Nobody laughs like this. But she would do this really loud laugh. And I loved it. It was so funny. It would just like set me off laughing because it was so funny. <laughs> and it would be just in the middle of the movie she thought... It, something was funny. And Dickie Ban hated it. He was like, it's an attention-seeking device. He would get he so pissed. hated it. But this was how she would <laughs> laugh, guys. I don't even know if I can do it. it? She would go, and I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly what I was. <laughs> and really loud <laughs> and it didn't match what she looked like because she was like a little bit older but very pretty like blonde petite you know? yeah it didn't match her at all So it's so funny <laughs> it made my day oh my gosh um. <laughs> i think my voice cracked when i did that
0: so while we're watching the movie it shows the scramble that the staff has to do oh my gosh, to prep they are for going Rick's cafe. a mile a minute. Yeah, so everything changes, everything changes. They bring out posters and easels and put everything up and they bring out like the the silver and the fine china and the caviar and new flowers like the whole thing changes up so they're just like in fast forward motion and then it shows everyone coming out of the movie and going into rick's cafe and it shows kendra running upstairs to change but i was wondering Uh and maybe you know or maybe you don't know but i was wondering did she really sit and watch the whole movie
1: i doubt it
0: i think she got up as soon as the movie started i think she got up and and went and changed i
1: think so because nobody really like expected her to stay for the movie or would have been like monitoring it.
0: Yeah. They show her that it's after the movie got out, but I don't think so. Yeah. Cause
1: if you're that uncomfortable, that would have been a long sit down. <laughs> yeah. And I love, is this the first time we're seeing the upstairs hallway without carpet?
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm I think it sure. might be,
1: but you guys, I lobbied to get the gross seventies carpet taken out of the hallway for so long that even now when I see the hallway with <laughs> like a nice hardwood floor, I'm like, victory. Oh, just like relief. Just like refreshing. Yeah. Hallelujah.
0: Kendra runs in the room and she unzips the dress and starts breathing oh. wildly. And I could feel that feeling because I know what that feels Why? like to you guys.
1: This is the fourth undressing scene we're getting in this oh, four. episode. Four,
0: four. It's
1: intense.
0: Oh, yes, I write. And
1: she gets naked again. But I do think the outfit she picked out was really cute. Like, even though it's casual and not what other people are wearing, like, even later when she poses for a picture with all of us, it like fits in. Like, it looks really cute with like the striped shirt and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a cute outfit. She puts on, if, if you didn't, if you're not familiar with the scene, she puts on jeans and a black and white striped t shirt and some heels and then comes back downstairs and we all pose with the giant Casablanca cake.
1: And the cake, in case you guys. Don't remember. It was like a sheet cake, and they would have, printed on the sheet cake, they would have a image of the Casablanca poster, but Hef's face was, like, superimposed <laughs> over Humphrey Bogart's. As I was watching this, I was thinking, I should have been a cunt and, like, put my face over Ingrid Bergman's. Yeah, right? <laughs> if the show had their way, and if I was really as possessive and jealous as they make it seem, I would have done that.
0: And I dip my finger in the frosting and I say, I'm trying to be really good before the strip striptease, but it's hard when there's birthday cake every night. And we're sitting at the dining room table and it makes it look all awkward and Hef says, ooh, this cake is delicious. And I'm, I say I'm tempted to have some even though I'm sweated out. So when I say <laughs> that, that means... They must have had good desserts that night too. And I already ate dessert. It's not that I'm depriving myself of birthday cake. It's that I, do you know how when you eat too much sweets, like you want something, if you're going to have anything, you want it to be savory and Mm -hmm. not another sweet thing again. Yeah,
1: it starts to taste bad after a point.
0: So that's the point I was at. So that's why I wasn't wanting birthday cake is because I was sweeted out (laughs) and not because I was not eating cake. So I just want to clarify that for anybody watching and thinking I was trying not to have cake and have says, you want to take? And take a bite. That's how I do. Which I thought was interesting too, because there's that scene in the very beginning mm-hmm. of the episode where Heff is feeding a piece of cake to another girl from like 2001. Oh
1: yeah, he and, likes to feed people cake, I guess. <laughs> and
0: then he was doing it to me in this scene, and I was like, "That's kind of weird." I mean, not. I mean, it's not crazy or anything like that, but it's just like sort of uh-huh. a weird coincidence. I feel like, and you- especially since that's the the one little clip that they use. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It probably doesn't mean anything, but I just thought it was weird. Okay. So then I say, okay, fine. I'm going to go ahead and have cake. I can't stand it. So I get a piece and they literally focus on every bite going into my mouth. Ugh. And I'm, it's just so fucking rude. Like I can't with this. It really is. This. Like I can't. Like stop focusing on, like that is so much pressure.
1: It is.
0: And even though I didn't have it in the moment because I'm not knowing that they're editing it this way it's so much pressure after the fact and how I feel I, how I feel like I should feel or mm-hmm. should be acting like I feel like they're trying to tell me that I'm like fat or overweight or don't look good enough it's or ridiculous that I have no self-control or mm-hmm. you know I'm the big one the kind of thing and stuff and this is This is just the beginning of where they're going with this. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. It gets way worse. So I'm pointing it out now, and it's going to go into full throttle when the other ones come out. And then I say in interview... I ate more cake than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and it may be true, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you're drawing the cartoon.
1: I draw a cartoon for Hef before every movie. and But we don't ever say in the show that usually the cartoons I draw are like a dirty joke. Like I take whatever the title of the film is and like turn it into a dirty joke and then I draw it. But like a cute cartoon version. And I was saying, like, I ran out of Casablanca jokes. Yeah, so I just you say,
0: this is the fifth year watching Casablanca. I'm out of dirty joke ideas for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I just draw myself, like, giving Hef the, um, the peacocks. And in commentary, I was talking about how, like, recently there had been a movie called Stranger Than Fiction. And I couldn't think of what to draw for Stranger Than Fiction. I couldn't turn that into a dirty joke. <laughs> So there was this guy who was part of the inner circle of the mansion. His name was Ron Smith. And we always really liked him. Very fond of Ron. Seems like a nice guy. But we never really, he was very quiet and very mysterious. Nobody really knew what he did. So that was kind of like the running joke. Yeah. So for Stranger Than Fiction, I drew Ron. Yeah. And everybody thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. And Hef even was like, taking it around the table and showing everybody because he thought it was so funny. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? It's like, I remember when I did those cartoons, after a while, I would go upstairs and I would photocopy them. So, like, I had a copy for my scrapbook and then Hef had a copy for his scrapbook. But I have not seen one in my scrapbooks.
0: Well, that's, Weird.
1: So I don't know if I didn't start doing them until like around this time, because this time in 2006 is like probably around the time I just started throwing everything into dated file folders and I wasn't doing the scrapbooks anymore. Yeah. So maybe that's the case, but I haven't come across one cartoon.
0: My scrapbooks end coming up soon too, I think. And then everything's in accordion files, but maybe that's our opportunity to start scrapbooking a little bit again. I
1: know. If I have time, I would definitely like to do that because I like having everything stored properly. You know what? Right before this scene, as I was watching this episode, I had liked this episode so far. I thought, oh, I finally get to be myself in an episode, show some of my interests. I felt like up to this point, they'd been very respectful of like hefts in my relationship. But in this last scene, they can't resist they get me talking about Casablanca and the plot of Casablanca and do you relate to the main character? And it's really, because at this point, I've wised up and I don't want to give them what they want. So the way they trick me into talking about this is talk about Casablanca. What do you think about Ilsa? Who should she end up with? And blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking about that. And they uh, make it look like I'm so upset that you and Kendra are still at the table.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: that anytime Hef turns to like show you the cartoon, I'm so jealous. And I'm like, of course you guys have to do that. Like, just when I thought I was going to have an episode I liked, of course you have to take it that route.
0: Yeah. You know what? Can I cut back to your cartoons? Yeah. Real quick? People want you to make a book out of all of those. Like, do a coffee table book of them.
1: <laughs> they're funny. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else would think they're that funny funny though because they're all like old movie titles and
0: some of them were
1: very explicit like they were always very cute but
0: yeah and some of them are inside jokes too a lot are
1: inside jokes people would get that part
0: kendra says she's worried about her present to have because nothing can top white peacocks or a strip tease And I feel like the audience is really trying to make us pull for Kendra, like feel bad here Mm -hmm. and that, you know, she's didn't think of a cool enough gift or something. And like you said before, I don't think anybody's being judged on that.
1: No, like even half he doesn't. Care like I think he appreciates like of course he loves the white peacocks and he loves the striptease and those kind of things kind of add to more than just his possessions it kind of adds to like the whole overall world of Mm -hmm. the mansion and the entertainment of the mansion yeah but he likes a picture too like he's not judging like the presents don't end up you know scoring us any points on the hierarchy or in our self worth you know
0: no and then you you say in commentary the night before our birthdays we should have a themed movie night too and I think. That's a great idea. Yeah. No, well, we did it.
1: Eventually, we did the mafia thing at mm-hmm. some point. We didn't do it for the show, but we did Marie Antoinette for my birthday. We did Moulin Rouge for my birthday after that. It was fun yeah. switching it up like that.
0: Yeah. And um, you say, if you're in love with one person, you're in love with one person, and other people don't come along. Which I was talking about myself,
1: but they make it look like I'm being snide about Hef.
0: Right. And having (laughs) other people there. And then I try on some glasses. Whose glasses are those? I know. I'm like, where the heck did these come from? Yeah, so random. And then Hef comes over and kisses me and Kendra, goodnight. And they totally make you look deflated. Like, you're like, I know, which is so dumb. And then Hef says, I've been smiling all day long. Because of course,
1: Hef is the only one who can be happy in this universe. We always have to be disgruntled or insecure about something. But Hef is always content in this Girls Next Door universe.
0: Yeah, And then that wasn't all we did that weekend. Yeah. So Casablanca night was on a Friday night. Then
1: Hef's birthday was on a Saturday night. And then after that long party where we're wasted and jumping out of cakes, (laughs) we get up super early on Sunday, get on a helicopter, fly down to Long Beach. The Long
0: Beach Grand Prix.
1: Yeah. And they end up covering that for an episode, but it doesn't (laughs) come along for like a couple more seasons, I don't think. Oh, really? Yeah. At least season three. Might even be season four.
0: I remember going on that helicopter and feeling like, I am so tired and so hungover and I'm on a helicopter. (laughs) What what are we doing right now? And I felt like it was so early. It might not have been that early, but it felt like it was so early.
1: We made up a new word, (laughs) dragtastical. Not because we were dressing in drag, but because we were dragging ass. For sure,
0: but I do like the photos from that day because I they wore, were cute. yeah, I wore a cute racing yeah. outfit, and my hair was still big and done from the night before. Yeah, we had
1: our hairstyles from the night before, so that was nice. And
0: I wore these giant sunglasses, so mm-hmm. I just really like my look, mm-hmm. even though I feel like shit. Like I like my look that day, so I'm like, and then I don't know something about having the helicopter headphones on too. And those I was like, oh, those are kind of badass photos. Yeah, was it like, was cute. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, there was their benefits to it, but it was, and that's always a long day in Long Beach too. I know we don't stay for the whole thing, but it's always like a lot mm-hmm. and it's hard to get from point A to point B because it's just, all the streets are closed down and there's so much. So even though we like a uh, helicopter, you can't like helicopter all the way in, you have, still have to get there.
1: So now it's time for your favorite part oh. of the episode. Least favorite and most favorite?
0: Okay, I've got it. Oh, you do? Yeah. I didn't think about it ahead of time because uh-huh. I always forget this part because I, <laughs> I want to forget it. <laughs> but my least favorite is 100% the slurping eating noises. Ew. And I feel like they did my family dirty. I feel like it's just disgusting Um, no matter who it is. And, and the whole dieting thing is just wrong, wrong, wrong. Oh, 100%.
1: My least favorite, definitely the slurping. Like, that's a huge complaint I have about this whole series and would love to just erase it. And I don't like how they, of course, have to, like, cut me to look jealous at the end just when I thought the episode was going so well. But you're right. If I had to pick a least favorite, I 100% agree with you. The slurping and burping. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's
0: tragic. It really is. My favorite part, um... Will you tell me your favorite part first? My favorite
1: part is just that I get to be myself a little bit more in this episode. Like you finally get to see a little bit of my, not only do I seem more comfortable and I'm more comfortable like joking around, but you get to see things about my personality where I feel like we go all of season one and you don't know anything about my personality. But yeah. this episode, at least you get to see like me and Mary's rapport. You get to see how involved I, I, mean, you don't really see how involved I am with the zoo at the mansion, but you see a little bit of it. And you see that
0: I draw cartoons for
1: every movie, you know, things like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, and it's going to be probably my favorite thing in the next episode, but it's it's rehearsing with the K. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is one of the coolest things I feel like I got to do. And I loved my routine. I loved working with Catherine Delish. I loved the costume. I loved every. I loved working yeah. with Captain Bob mm-hmm. and Lori and everybody who helped make that happen. And doing something like that from, like, the very start. Like, it's just this, like, weird idea in your mind to, like, coming to full fruition. And yeah. we'll see it in full fruition in the next episode. But even just seeing it at this point, like, I'm just, like, it's something that I'm so happy about. and, like, love, love, love.
1: Yeah, it's so cute. I really wish I could have started season one, episode one, at the level I'm at in this episode. Yeah. Just, like, showing a little bit of my personality and being more comfortable. I feel like the overall Girls Next Door experience would have been better for me if I'd been, like, allowed to start that way. (laughs) Yeah. Like, maybe I wouldn't have been as comfortable just because I was super nervous about starting the show, but being able to, like, have facets of my personality. Mm-hmm. I think is important.
0: We gotta find all those cartoons. I know. I feel know. like even if we just did like a slumber party thing on them or something, people would love it.
1: I really need to see the Ron Smith one. And also, the most legendary cartoon was the Mean Girls cartoon. And that one I do have in my scrapbook. I even have that one. So yeah, I'm excited to get into the rest of season two. I love this First episode. It's very, I mean, you get into actually, you get into the visuals more in the next episode where it's like your cake and my peacock outfit, and it's just very memorable.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for the next episode because I literally have not watched this since.
1: Right,
0: And I'm so excited to see. And I am going to look for and see if I can find the full version of it. So maybe we can put it on Patreon, the full version of the striptease with the real music. Oh, yeah. That would be great. So I'll look for that um, at home. I'm going to go home and get more artifacts from um, this season and swap out my scrapbook so that I have all of the up-to-date stuff to put on Patreon as well.
1: We're just archaeologists over here.
0: I Anthropologists. I know.
1: Was this the last of Hef's birthday parties at the mansion? Because I say in commentary that the next year he wants to do Vegas, which I don't really remember if he did. I know he did in 2008, but I think he might have. And I know after we left, they stopped doing Hef's birthday and the Mardi Gras party. And I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of sad because those parties were such highlights. But I think he might have sliced his birthday off of the budget after this one.
0: Wait, didn't Mardi Gras come off while we were still there? If they
1: did get rid of Mardi Gras while we were there, it was only cuz we were doing so much other stuff that we didn't even notice a party left. But when I was reading that girl's book that she wrote about the time
0: after we were there, she was like, "Oh, they stopped doing Hef's birthday and Mardi Gras." And I thought, "Oh, that's kind of sad." Well, I think in 2009 they didn't they have Hef's birthday in Vegas and we were all there for mm-hmm. it. So, I think... That was a weird day. That was a very Mm -hmm. weird day. So, I think all of those years, it got moved to Vegas. Like, at the Palms.
1: And then he probably stopped going after 2009, I would think. Or 2010.
0: Oh, wait. No, I was back in 2010. I was there for... Oh, wait. It wasn't Hess' birthday, though. It was Playmate of the Year was moved to Vegas.
1: I heard that was tragic. It was. Because my manager and Angel went, and they were like, oh, we don't know what we just watched. Wait, wait, it wasn't tragic when it first moved to Vegas, because they did it in Vegas with Ida, and that one wasn't bad. That one was nice. I wonder if in 2008, they didn't do the Mardi Gras party in favor of going to the Super Bowl party instead, because remember, we went to the Super Bowl party in Arizona. We just flew in and flew out for that party. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy looking back, because of course, we didn't really know it in the moment, but this was Hef's last birthday party he had at the mansion.
0: That is crazy.
1: It's crazy, but it went out with a bang. It definitely Like, it did. was probably his best birthday party, I think, at mm-hmm. least from what I've seen.
0: No, I think so, too. Yeah. And we say that in commentary that we all think it was his best.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's good that it went out with a bang, but kind of sad that they had to stop having those parties.
0: Yeah. And it's so weird how you don't know something is as momentous as it is. Like, obviously, we knew mm-hmm. it's an 80th birthday. That is momentous. And we, we celebrated it so. But you don't realize, like, The last one.
1: Yeah. Like I knew he was thinking about doing Vegas the next year, but I thought, oh, that'd just be a fun fluke. I didn't know it would mean the end of his birthday parties at the mansion.
0: Yeah. And then I think, so then Mardi Gras eventually stops. And Mm -hmm. then that leaves Midsummers and Halloween. And I think that Halloween got taken over by Candyland. Candyland.
1: Yeah. That's what that girl says in her book, too.
0: And then so that would leave Midsummers. And even Midsummers kind of got sucked up by Candyland. Not like Hefts, but like they would do it. On another night, like the night before or something. Yeah. And it just wasn't a
1: good party anymore because they were selling
0: tickets and stuff. Yeah.
1: The end of an era.
0: But at least it went out with a bang. I mean, that was an epic party.
1: And at least we were there for it. Like if we were going to be at the Playboy Mansion, you might as well be there while the parties are good and things like that. Yeah, so thanks for listening along and watching along with us. We will be back next week. I'm not sure what we're gonna do. We're either gonna have an interview for you guys or we will be going on to Girls Next Door season two, episode two, and that's called 80 is the new 40, right? Yes, and I'm excited for that one. I know it's your strip tease. I it's know. more of Hef's birthday. It's the second half of what was a one-hour premiere special. So we're gonna get into it with you guys.
0: Bye, guys. Bye.